Hi, I'm Lynn Walker, an immigration partner at Minor and Landis. And this week, we're going to do something a little different for you. We're going to present some 101 or basic information about immigration documentation. And this is really for individuals who are not very familiar with the most common documents that are discussed in the US immigration process. So if you're ready, here we go. So the first document that we wanna talk about is what is a visa? Broadly speaking, there are two types of visas. There's an immigrant visa and a non-immigrant visa. An immigrant visa allows you to enter the US as a lawful permanent resident or LPR while a non-immigrant visa, such as a B-1, H-1B, F-1, or L-1B, for example, allows you to enter the U.S. to engage in very specific activities for a very specific amount of time. So a visa is a physical stamp or a sticker that is placed in your passport or your authorized travel document by a U.S. embassy or consulate outside of the United States and allows you to travel to the U.S. to request permission to enter the country from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, or CBP. While having a visa does not guarantee that you can enter the U.S., it does indicate that a U.S. consular officer determined in advance that you are eligible to enter the U.S. for a specific purpose. The type of visa you obtain is really important because that's what determines what you are permitted to do in the U.S. For example, individuals who obtain a B-1 or B-2 visa are permitted to enter the U.S. for temporary business or tourism activities, but are prohibited or not allowed to work. A person who wishes to attend a U.S. college or university as a full-time student typically receives an F-1 or a J-1 visa. Again, you can study with an F-1 or J-1 visa, but you are typically not permitted to work unless you obtain what they call an employment authorization document or other approval from U.S. Immigration Services. The non-immigrant visa itself usually does not impact your period of authorized stay. The non-immigrant visa determines when you may enter the U.S. and what activities you are permitted to engage in while in the U.S., but usually doesn't determine how long you can lawfully stay in the U.S. And that leads us to our second question or second document. What is the I-94 document? The I-94 document is arguably the most important immigration document that you will ever receive in the United States, as it determines your visa classification, as well as the maximum period that you are lawfully permitted to remain in the U.S. All people who enter the U.S. need a Form I-94, except U.S. citizens, returning LPRs, or foreign nationals with immigrant visas. Individuals who travel to the U.S. by air, land, or seaport are issued I-94s during the admission process at the port of entry. For non-immigrants, legal authorization or permission to remain in the U.S. is controlled by the I-94. 
non-immigrants are issued a new Form I-94 upon each entry to the U.S. and may secure it through CBP or Customs and Border Protection at the port of entry. One of your priorities upon each entry to the United States should be to print and review your I-94. Given the hectic nature of admissions at U.S. ports of entry, there are numerous opportunities for the Form I-94 to contain errors. What you want to look at very closely is the class of admission and the admission date, or what is known as the admit until date which is the expiration date of the Form I-94 or your authorized period of stay in the United States. Again, the I-94 is very important because it controls the period of stay that you are allowed to remain in the U.S. If you overstay this admit until or expiration date, there can be very serious immigration consequences for you. So the next document we wanna talk about is the Form I-797 Approval Notice. What exactly is that? Individuals who seek employment-based non-immigrant visas such as L-1B, L-1A, O-1, or H-1B visa classification must first have the petition approved by U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services or USCIS, which will issue a Form I-797 Approval Notice. The Form I-797 Approval Notice is used to secure the appropriate non-immigrant visa at the U.S. Embassy or Consulate Abroad and will permit the visa holder to enter the United States and work. The Form I-797 is typically valid for one to three years, but can have a shorter period of validity depending on many factors such as the maximum period of stay authorized by U.S. immigration regulations. The validity period of the Form I-797 should match the validity period of the Form I-94, and the expiration dates should otherwise be identical, although mistakes sometimes do occur. So, how does all of this information impact you coming into the United States and remaining? So you may be wondering, how do all three of these documents come into play to impact me? Well, the answer in short is the three documents work together to determine your authorized period of stay in the U.S. And if you recall previously, we said that if you overstay your I-94, there are serious consequences to you in terms of your immigration status in the U.S. So if you remain in the U.S. beyond the expiration date of your Form I-94, you are deemed to have failed to maintain your lawful immigration status and are subject to dire consequences that are really unforgiving. Some of these consequences include the automatic cancellation of your visa, the permanent ineligibility to file for a new visa except at the U.S. Embassy or Consulate in your home country or country of last residence. This means that you cannot apply at a U.S. Embassy as a third country national. And the accrual of unlawful presence. Now, this last part is probably the most significant 
If you accrue more than 180 days, but less than 365 days of unlawful presence, and you leave the U.S., you will be subject to a three-year bar on re-entry into the United States from the date that you depart. If you accrue 365 days or more of unlawful presence and depart the U.S., you will be subject to a 10-year bar on re-entry from the date that you depart. In addition, if you have failed to maintain your non-immigrant status, you are not eligible to change your status to another non-immigrant classification, to extend your non-immigrant status, or to adjust your status to that of lawful permanent resident. In very limited circumstances, USCIS will excuse a non-immigrant's failure to maintain their status and approve a change of status or extension of status retroactively. However, this is discretionary relief and only available in extenuating or extraordinary circumstances. Moreover, if you fail to maintain your non-immigrant status, you are in fact subject to being placed in removal proceedings, which means that you can be deported from the United States. So although what we've been talking about today are very fundamental or basic documents that impact almost all non-immigrants in the U.S., you can see that working together, these documents can create some really great benefits, meaning that you can stay in the U.S. and work and eventually change your status, extend your status, or adjust your status to that of lawful permanent resident. At the same time, a, a very minor mistake in one of these documents, such as the expiration date on the I-94, can lead to dire consequences that can impact every facet of your immigration history, record, and benefits in the United States. Our recommendation, as always, is to speak with a qualified immigration attorney about these documents if you think that you may have been admitted in the wrong visa classification or if the expiration date on your I-94 is not correct or even more seriously, if the expiration date of your I-94 has already passed and you don't already have some other form of benefit application in place, you really, really need to speak to an immigration attorney to determine what your options are and what strategies may be available to you to ensure that you continue to maintain your lawful period of non-immigrant status in the U.S. So that's all we have time for today. As always, if we didn't address your concern or if you think that you may have fallen out of status, please feel free to contact our office to schedule a consultation to go over your immigration documents and again, determine if there are any options available to you and what strategies we may be able to use in order to potentially place you back into status or help resolve your immigration issues. Thank you for listening. Disclaimer, the information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. 
Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Miner and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.